What's happening, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Unparalleled Sports Talk with yours, Kwame Fisher-Jones. As always, I am him. And today I want to just jump out of the, the norm of the NFL season or the NBA prediction season preview that we were doing. And I just want to talk a little Zion Williamson and the Miami Heat. So the Miami Heat have are receiving some competition for the services of Damian Lillard. And now the rumor is that they're not that interested in Damian. No, it's not Damian or bust, or they're not putting forth that much effort in getting Damian Lillard. And I just want to go on record, not only is saying I don't think the Lillard trade is a good move for the Heat, and it's not that I think it's a bad move. I just don't believe that Lillard fits with Miami as a team. And I'm not talking about culture or mentality or anything like that. I'm just talking about on-court production. I don't think him and Jimmy Butler would be the seamless transition that they're looking for. And the addition of Damian Lillard doesn't give them the explosive playmaking ability that they will need to consistently be a contender in the Eastern Conference going forward. They may catch lightning in a bottle, if you will, and be contenders for one year, but I don't think Lillard gives them enough to put them over the hump with certainty. And let's face it, Lillard, while he's a great player, I don't I don't have too much concerns about the injuries. I think a lot of that has to do with the culture that's in Portland, which I'll, I'll address on another podcast or another show. I just believe at this stage of his career, I don't know if Lillard can dig in deep enough to be the final piece to a championship puzzle. And Miami right now is trying to find the final piece to a championship puzzle. The fact of the matter is when they added Shaq, Dwayne Wade was a young up-and-coming star, and they needed Wade to carry them to beat the Miami Heat. But they also added a slew of veterans in Gary Payton, Antoine Walker, I believe Jason Williams was on that team. And I know I'm forgetting another couple of young play, uh, another couple of veterans that they added to make them that team. And even the, even in Shaquille's first edition, the first time he arrived in Miami, he got, uh, I believe Wade gets hurt in the Eastern Conference Finals and they wind up losing to Detroit. So it wasn't until Shaquille O'Neal's second year. And then you also had Alonzo Mourning, and it was Alonzo Mourning and Dwayne Wade who kind of carried that team coming back from a 3-1 deficit to beat the Dallas Mavericks, or coming back to beat the Dallas Mavericks. I think it was 3-1 or 2. No, it was, I believe it was 3-1 or 2 or something along those lines. But, yeah, so bringing them back to beat the Dallas Mavericks. And then you fast forward to the Miami Heat, you know, in the dynasty that was the LeBron James era. Well, yeah, LeBron James, Chris Bosh, Mike Miller, Ray Allen, Shane Battier. Ah, there's a couple other veterans I'm missing, as well as Dwayne Wade. So very rarely in NBA history do you add one player, maybe Moses Malone. If you want to go back to the Sixers way back in the 80s, four scores ago, they perhaps Moses Malone, maybe fast forward to possibly Rashid Wallace, adding a Rashid Wallace and stir. But very rarely do you add one player, and that one player leads you to an NBA final win. Kevin Durant doesn't count because the fact of the matter is that if you add context to the Kevin Durant, uh, Kevin Durant edition, Miami, when they add, or Golden State, when they added Kevin Durant, they'd already been to multiple NBA finals at that point and already won an NBA finals with that core group. So Kevin Durant doesn't count. So yeah, very rarely do you add one star and go. I believe, and I've said this from the outset, that Miami needs to focus on getting younger, adding a younger player to their roster, younger than Jimmy Butler, younger than Bam Adebayo, and taking advantage of the limited resources that they had. And the players that I zeroed in were were DeAndre Ayton and Zion Williamson. 
Now, DeAndre, while to most of you, you scoff at the notion of DeAndre, he was a number one pick in the draft. He's got untapped potential. He's in an environment that is not conducive to his prospering as a great player. The bottom line is DeAndre has been in Arizona. He went to college in Arizona. There was scrutiny and controversy there. Then he goes to the Phoenix Suns. There's been scrutiny and controversy there. And now they got Bradley Beal, uh, Kevin Durant, uh, Devin Booker, um, every high score, um, Alex English, Dr. J, like they're adding everybody they possibly can that can score 20 points. That don't help DeAndre Ayton. That's not an environment that's great for DeAndre Ayton. But you drop a DeAndre Ayton in Atlanta, in Miami with a Bam out of bio, with a Jimmy Butler, with an Eric Spolster coach, believe you get a different Bam. But that's not what this particular episode is about. When I heard that Miami was kind of putting out, and I think they're using the media here saying, oh, we're not that interested in little, little, it doesn't have to be little. I think that's just, you know, I think that's just uh, posturing by the Miami Heat. I think they are trying to get little. I think they'll look bad this offseason if they can't grab him. But a guy they really need to focus on, and I'm going to give you four reasons, quattro reasons why they need to focus on this particular player. And when I say his name, I want you to just pause for a minute and hear me out. Don't give me the old clickbait. And the best thing about a podcast is, you don't have to worry about the clickbait. Oh, you're just doing that for clickbait. No, because I give you context with the decision. I give you context with the with the uh, rumor. I give you context with the thoughts. So it's not just me throwing something out there and seeing if it gets people to click on. The player I'm talking about is one Zion Williamson. I need the Miami Heat to rescue Zion from New Orleans. I need the Miami Heat to get one of the best, budding, most exciting dunkers in the game since possibly Dominique Wilkins to be rescued by the Miami Heat, saved from the New Orleans Pelicans. The number one reason why this deal works for both teams, first with the Pelicans, is the Pelicans could lose Brandon Ingram. Brandon Ingram's got two years left on his deal, right? So he's eligible for an extension this year and next year. Well, Brandon has always already informed the Pelicans that he wants to wait before he discusses an extension, which opens the door for him possibly leaving in free agency or at the very least requesting a trade, letting them know he's not going to re-up for them, re-up with that organization. So the possibility of losing Brandon, the reality of having an oft-injured Zion Williamson and nothing else to show for it but Jose Alvarez or Alvarez, I can't even, I don't even remember, Jose Alvarez, I don't even remember his name. He's also often injured. And a coach in Willie Green who is pretty much giving you more than you could have expected, and a C.J. McCullough who this year could be the year, C.J. McCullough is this version of the new Lamar Odom, this year will be the year he makes an all-star team, not going to happen. But C.J. McCullough should not put promising or should not put positive views in your mind as your Pelicans fan. But the opportunity to raid the Miami Heat's young players, draft picks, and add them to that nucleus that I just mentioned of a C.J. McCullough, a Willie Green, and some of the... The bottom line is the the New Orleans Pelicans have drafted well. They've drafted fairly well. They've added players. They've added a young team. The problem is nobody wants to go there. And then you combat that problem if you got an organization that's hell-bent on changing everybody's mind. Instead of instead of ridding itself of the hostages that they have in Zion Williamson and bringing in guys that are looking forward to playing for the Pelicans or are excited about playing basketball, they're hell-bent on trying to change the people's mindset about the organization. So the possibility of losing Brandon Ingram opens the door for Zion to be traded. Because if they're going to lose Brandon, 
then you want to be able to have cap flexibility and you want to have player flexibility flexibility. But if you're going to entice Brandon to re-up with you, you can say, hey, look, we're changing the culture of this team. You're going to be the guy we're going to ride around, and these are the guys that we're adding. And I'll get into the players. Well, you know what? I'll jump the gun and tell you right now. Number two is the Miami Heat have the assets to make this trade work. Duncan Robinson, a role player that's a star in his role, not a star role player, but a role player that's a star in his role, a shooter, a guy that's going to give you quality minutes, night in and night out, under contract, not going anywhere anytime soon. Tyler Hero. A young player has a fringe all-star, has a chance to be something special in this league, maybe not a Hall of Famer, but a multiple all-star performer and who would fit seamlessly with a C.J. McCullough and a Brandon Ingram, and you can use them in guys because those are two low-maintenance guys who would fit the New Orleans scene very well. Then you've got Jaime Jacquez Jr., the rookie that Miami just drafted, who I believe is going to be a young player, but another young player under contract that you can fit into New Orleans, who can play the play a role for you. And then you add Kyle Lowry for essentially calorie sap, calorie cap, calories, calorie, salary cap flexibility. That's funny. Is use Kyle Lowry and calorie in the same sentence. Kyle Lowry struggled with weight issues his entire NBA career. But yeah, Kyle Lowry for cap space flexibility. So you add those guys, this would entice Brandon Ingram to stay. And more than more than anything, you get rid of the albatross that is Zion. Zion doesn't want to be there. His lack of productivity shows you he doesn't want to be there. His lack of discipline shows you he doesn't want to be there. His lack of ability to be conscious of the decisions that he's making off the court shows you he doesn't want to be there. The dude had a hamstring injury, and it kept him out for an entire season damn near. I'm going to repeat that. He had a hamstring injury, and it kept him out for the duration of the season. Almost four months. And then he says to you, when he's healthy enough to play, and this could be one of the greatest I don't want to be here lines ever. If if I don't want to be here could be said another way, it would be said as my body's fine, but mentally I'm just not me. Someone said, if I don't want to be here could be said another way, it would be said as my body's fine. I just don't I just don't feel like me. So Zion wants out. So get him out. Stop trying to change everyone's mind. Stop trying to convince people that you're worth it and just be worth it. You've got Ty, If you add Tyler Hero, you add Duncan Robinson, again, guys that are under contract. So you don't have to worry about where they're going to go. And let's say Brandon Ingram decides not to, to re-up. You've got Kyle Lowry in the final year of his contract and Brandon Ingram going into the final year of his contract with two more two years left, eligible for an extension. That gives you flexibility that you haven't seen in New Orleans. That gives you the ability to grab some young up-and-coming players or to grab players who just need playing time. You could raid the cupboards of Oklahoma City. That gives you those options. And the final two reasons is focus solely on the Miami Heat. The Miami Heat culture. Now, what does that mean exactly? What the hell is the Miami Heat culture? What culture was it that turned Alonzo Mourning down or turned Alonzo Mourning from a malcontent in Charlotte, a guy who held out, who couldn't get along with Larry Johnson, to a critical piece of a championship caliber team with Tim Hardaway, and then turned around and be, I don't want to say the main reason, because obviously it was the way anyway, but a fundamental cog and pillar in how they were able to come back and beat the Dallas Mavericks. You turn on that film of that championship series, Alonzo Mourning pops off the screen. He gave you, he gave you warrior minutes, not veteran minutes, 
not critical, but warrior minute. But what was it about the culture that was able to turn Alonzo Mourning from a malcontent to a championship caliber player? Same thing with a Tim Hardaway. <clears throat> Excuse me. Same thing with a Tim Hardaway. That got Tim Hardaway out of Golden State and turned him into one of the clutch players in the NBA. And then finally, what was the low-hanging fruit, what turned LeBron James from an underperforming or what the world believed was an underachieving all-star to now arguably the greatest, most skilled player of all time. The culture of a system or the culture that is predicated on accountability and availability. In Miami, it's not okay to not play basketball. If you're hurt, you're hurt. If you're hurt, you're hurt. If you're injured, you're injured. But guys are held accountable outside of the basketball arena. They're held accountable at the dinner table, at the breakfast table, at the snack table. They're held accountable in the weight room, in the conditioning room, in the training room. They're held accountable in the film room and in practice. That's what makes the Miami Heat culture the culture. If you don't do those things, you don't play. If you don't do things the right way off the court, you're not going to get on the court. Zion needs that. They, he needs that more than any young player. Everybody ain't going to come in and change the ties, dog. Are you, we, in the previous podcast with Everett, Everett Terry Jr., I talked about Steph Curry and what he needed to turn Golden State around because it didn't happen overnight. He had the injury concerns. But the first thing they needed to do was surround him with, a guy, with people who believed in accountability and availability, starting with Mark Jackson. You have that in their exposure. Zion would flourish with the Miami just off of those things alone, being held accountable for his actions every day, every hour, and effectively being micromanaged, but being micromanaged by guys who've been there. A conversation between Dwayne Wade and Zion Williamson or conversations would be invaluable for Zion's maturation process as not just a player, as a man. Dwayne has been through everything. Bottom line is Zion's future is Dwayne's past. There is nothing Zion is going to see on the court, and there's nothing Zion's going to go through off the court that Dwayne ain't been through, going through, or gone through. That's just how that works. You bring in Zion so the Heat can, can jump. They can even throw in first round picks for this. That's the guy they need to go over. Then finally, you've got a weak Eastern Conference. Every team in the Eastern Conference is built to win now. Every team from Milwaukee and Giannis to the Sixers and Embiid, they're all meant to win now. So in two years, where will they be? In two years, where will the Philadelphia 76ers be? Hell if anyone knows. No one knows. In two years, where will the Milwaukee Bucks be? Giannis may be playing somewhere else. Ideally, the only teams that could go the distance, ideally, the only teams that have some young players that they could possibly build around and turn it around will be the Charlotte Hornets. No one's willing to bet on that bus. The Indiana Pacers stop me when they when it when they when they're able to turn the corner for real because they got on the cusp with Paul George, but that's they're not an organization or franchise that screams championships. I don't even think they've ever won an NBA championship. I'm almost certain they have. They won a few teams that and the Knicks. The Knicks are always going to be a 50-win team. But they're never going to, they're always going to be a bridesmaid, never a bride. So a weak Eastern Conference, the Heat culture, Miami finally having the assets that New Orleans would want and could use. You don't have to try to force a round peg into a square hole like you're trying to do with Portland. You don't want my players, dog? Fine. These are guys that are leading, these are guys that are playing quality minutes on a championship contending team. And they're not good enough for your lottery team? Fine, dog. That's good for me. That's good for me. 
and the possibility of keeping Brandon Ingram in tow, keeping an all-star with you. Those are the four reasons the New Orleans Pelicans and Miami Heat need to trade for Zion Williamson. That's it for this installment of this episode of Unparalleled Sports Talk. As always, I'm Kwame Fisher-Jones, and I appreciate your time here. You be easy.